Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, business editor for Variety. Today, my guest in New York is Effie T. Brown, CEO of Game Changer. Effie is a force of nature, as you will soon hear. She's a veteran film producer who was tapped to lead Game Changer in January. The Los Angeles-based company is looking to live up to its name by forging a new path for developing and financing film and TV content. Her goal is to allow creatives from marginalized communities, women, people of color, LGBTQ, and the disabled, to build wealth and ownership from the content they create. She is also determined to broaden the pool of private investors in films to include those who have not typically participated in the past. Effie is a woman with a plan, as she lays out in detail in our conversation. Her years of being the first to arrive on set and the last to leave as the producer of such films as Dear White People and Real Women Have Curves laid the foundation for what she sees as her true mission with Game Changer. As she puts it, if we don't bet on us, nobody will. Effie T. Brown, thank you for making time for me. It's a pleasure. Effie, you have just in January became the CEO of a very interesting and innovative entity called Game Changer, which is in fact an equity fund that brings in investors to help support the production of of a range of content with the prism of diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. opening doors for person for filmmakers of color, for 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 women, for LGBTQ filmmakers. Yep. This sounds like a confluence of, of you know, very interesting trends, interesting forms of financing for, for films and content, and the, you know, renewed push by this industry, long overdue push by this industry to really open the aperture and invite a whole lot more folks into the table to be able to tell their stories. Tell me what it was. You are a well-established producer. Tell me what it was that attracted you to become the CEO of this venture. The main thing was why um, I really sought after the position of CEO Game Changers that it was time for a change. And by that, not just a change for myself, but a change for resource and access for women, people of color, LGBTQ, and people with disabilities to actually have um, sort of a financial presence and say in their projects. And that was one of the things that um, Game Changer was actually going to be helpful, like be a force for. Because there's a lot of, I mean, I really, and I might go a little all over the place, so just sort of, you know, steer me in the right direction. But We're I, with you, Ethel. Okay, We're good, with you know you. what I mean? I just had this moment where I was just sort of like, you know, I've been making movies for a really long time, and it just, you know, and I'm really, and I've always been diverse and inclusive. I'm black and I'm a woman. Like, I've never, you know what I mean? I didn't have... That's just Tuesday. That's just, exactly. <laughs> I'm like this, I'm like, I, uh... If I wasn't diverse and inclusive, I wouldn't have a career, you know what I mean? And I would and I would be in anyway. So so but what I started noticing is that more and more people, companies, I'm gonna say people, I'm gonna say companies, uh, venture capitalists, studios, big dollar producers that have financing are starting to figure out like, oh, diversity and inclusive um, makes money. Might sell me some tickets. Might sell, right. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? You guys, and I'm not necessarily politically correct, like, which is probably a misnomer. Uh, you know, so I might be a little like, don't be offended anybody. But like, we're like, oh, black folks, Latinos, people with disability, like, if you're represented, like, y'all show up. 
So it's business. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they talk to us about it like it's a charity and some philanthropic thing. But you look at the numbers, and it's a business. It brings in money. And what I started noticing, and I was like, you know what? A lot of people are patting themselves on the back about doing this sort of philanthropic thing. Like, we're doing something for, like, you women and whatever. We have a director program. We have, like, we we have a director. Have a we have a program. lab. We have this. We have that. But I'm starting to notice. I was like, but you guys are making money off of that. But you know who's not making money off of that? The women, the people of color, the people with disabilities, the LGBTQ, like the creators, like we're not making the money. And I consider producers a part of that filmmaking team. You know, a lot of times sure. we're like we're and, and also like and I think that we're sort of like the first folks, the first soldiers to go down a lot of times when it comes to actually having leverage and being able to you know, move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like, people will cherry-pick your director. They'll cherry-pick your mm-hmm. talent. They'll cherry-pick your, you know, your screenwriter. And they'll go off and do something. But, like, you know, like, but the producers are like, we killed ourselves to make this happen for you. But I digress. The whole point, you know, this long-winded story was all about, I started noticing that, like, um, we were being used as tools, for lack of a better word, instead of participating in the profit that was being gained by telling our diverse and inclusive stories. Game Changer was uh, was and is a, a filter, it is a company, and it is a resource that can change, that can help level the playing field and change that. I think that's an important point because I think that there's a lot of programs with absolutely the most well-meaning intentions, you know, the, the most well-intentions can still we've all heard the stories of the you know the the lower fee to get that extra writer in the the sense of the sense of you know bias even within the room that sometimes a quote unquote diversity hire will, will feel when when we hear those stories from the perspective of the people that they are intended to help it's you know it can be really telling and you know clearly there are avenues for other there are certainly more avenues in this industry than than one way to walk through the studio gate to get a movie made tell me how so with game changer i i obviously we really can understand the the sense of getting right down to the stakeholders who have skin in the game profit and success and and you know right. it gives you that that ultimate incentive right tell me how the game changer model works in terms of how do you how do you bring in investors and how do you determine how the funds are distributed? How does it all work? Sure. So game changer, because um, we were, when I first came on to game changer, that was it was uh, maybe about October September of last year when we started talking seriously and about what the model should be, and what the model we thought was going to be then has changed a little bit to where it is now. And so where we are now, I'll focus on that, is that we saw sort of a twofold. It's a twofer. So we saw a need, and I'm going to call it the investor group. So the investor group is sort of been uh, an homage to the impact partners model. Mm-hmm. And so some of that, as you know, like a little bit of backstory, is some of the founders of Game Changer were actually some of the founders of Impact Partners, which is a financing group of folks that do nonfiction films. Game Changer, the first Game Changer in 2013 was sort of grown out of that. So what we have now, Game Changer 2020, is, um, is that we have 
an equity model built into the company of Game Changer, and then we also have an investment group. The investment group is where I'm really trying to open my arms uh, for diverse investors. Game Changer does not work unless our investors are as diverse as the content we're trying to put out. That is our mandate. So our investor group has a lower entry point or a lower barrier for entry to be to participate in films. And that, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, is that, and is that because that you want to open the world 100%. of film finance we have to. beyond Sorry, like, and this is the a, banks and the this Canadian pension funds and the and exactly. the, the French the French funds that we can't pronounce exactly, <laughs> like, but we would love to be a part of them because that was a thing that like and I go back to before when I was like this doesn't make sense like how are we out here still being tools and like you know people are using our stories in this and like I'll use myself for an example I've been around for a really long time my movies have made over a hundred million dollars in box office. And I've been around for a bit and they've been like low budget films, but we've made money on all my movies. And like, and why is every time I go out, it's like I'm brand new, that every success that I've had was an anomaly, but somebody else is making money off of it, right? But just not us. So anyway, so this is where I was thinking the only way that we're going to change the playing field of Hollywood is that we have got to be at the table ready to put our money in. If we don't bet on us, nobody will. And everyone think, not everyone, a lot of us think, and I'm going to say us, I'm feeling like the underrepresented people. So I'm going to kind of try to, you know, streamline that down. So it's like women, people of color, LGBTQ, people with disabilities. Like, I'm just going to say us. Um, is that it's like, oh, I don't have enough money. Oh, I don't know how to do it. Or like, it's something that they can never imagine. And I'm like, sure you can. And this is how we're going to do it. We have an investment group where we have people of color, women, LGBTQ, people with disabilities, as well as people who are from the dominant culture, who are part of it, that institution that like to invest. But they're able to come in for a lower entry point of $100,000 or $250,000, and we're able to aggregate those people and be able to invest in a singular film or a slate of films or whatever we want to do. And we've already done this, and it's just now February, and we've done two films like this already where we were able to participate in the financing of, and that's Passing by Rebecca Hall, which is produced by Nina Yang Bon Jovi, and we also did Stranger with a Camera that's directed by Orla George that just finished wrapping in Ireland. So we are able to participate because um, in the financing of it because truly... If we don't bet on us, nobody is. And part of what Game Changer is doing is we're demystifying and educating of like, this is how film and financing and film investment works. This is what a return on investment looks like. This is what a waterfall looks like. This is what um, the steps and like the long lead of how you make your money back. Mm -hmm. Like these are the things that people really need to know. Um, and also by saying that sometimes people think like, oh, it's $100 million in order to invest in a movie. Like, no, our sweet spot is going to be that 3 to $5 million range, right? That's what we're looking to do and what we're looking to be a part of. And with the investor pool that we have so far, we're looking for people that if you want to see yourself reflected back into the content that you watch, then let's put it together. Let, let's, re let's pool our resources. 
So that's part of the investor group that we have with uh, with Game Changer, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the company itself, mm-hmm. right? So we also have equity in the company where we have investors in the company where I have a development fund. And what's interesting about that development fund, because film is awesome, but it's a whole new world right now. Right. Television, streaming, you're, it, it would be... Um, you wouldn't, it would be poor business <laughs> not to look at where the future is going, right. which is streaming. Right. It's episodic. If you read any headline in any, in any media publication. Yeah. Like, it's like, this is the way of the future. And film is amazing. But, like, sometimes those films are theatrical, but sometimes they're going to land here anywhere. So what we also have for Game Changers, I have a development fund. And that's also really important for these underrepresented content creators because once again I'm able to take something and say I know what this idea is I'm going to create a situation where we can take it you will be the loudest voice in the room you and do you know how rare this like you will be the loudest voice in the room because we at Game Changer are reflective of the content that we're trying to do you don't have to explain to us like what it's like being this or that because we are that like we get it and we're able to set up a, a model where you're actually able to have meaningful participation, not be a tool, not be something that's going to like take it and then like and peace out. You know, um, we will actually be able to build and I keep calling it it's time for us to be able to build legacy and wealth. And how do you do that is with ownership. And that's right. all that we're really trying to do is to get that ownership. And part of what we're doing, too, like we're able to put in money and development and to package things and to flip them and to have create um, strategic partnerships. That's what it's all about, like with Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, Netflix is a little different because Netflix will be, they're very much like, we're going to own this and we're going to give you a big old premium and call it a day. Like that's what you know you're getting into. But there's other, go ahead, sorry. But, well, I was going to ask, is there you know, have you found, is there any room for negotiation with some of the the Netflixes and the Amazons well, that say, want all those global rights and basically well, take every bit of potential you have to make a few pennies? Well, there's, it's a little different. I mean, I can say, remember, we are just starting. Like, and I am bringing over, and this is, I don't want to get this too convoluted, but um, I've been, like I said, I've been around for a while and I've had a couple projects in development and one of them is a Netflix mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's one of the things that I'm bringing in under the game changer. And it's interesting where me as an individual, you know, I there was certain like there were certain conversations that were not even broached. Right. You know what I mean? It was like, you're going to take this and be super grateful. And you know what? I was super grateful. I was like, this is a great you're going to buy me out for what? Excellent. But then there's other because now that I'm representing, but long term, you, exa- you don't you don't have this you don't have the celluloid it. in I have your nothing, hand, right? You know what I mean? Like this is what you get. You're making your money quick. But what's different about and I'm, this is I'm a little bit on a tangent. Sorry to answer your first question. There are other streamers and partnerships that are out there that are willing to sort of play. They do not have the big dollars that Netflix has. I'll be straight up. Like, you got to pay to play. Like, at least that's been in my experience. And I'll listen to more of your podcasts because there might be somebody that might have a different, you know, point of view. Because I'm always, it's true. Like, we're all, like, trying to find out, like, what deal did you make? What deal did you make? And that's part of, like, um being in this sort of uh, this new club now of like, I can write a check, but I'm still producing. Like, what did you guys do, you know, to figure out, you know, what's what. But, you know, there's other 
companies out there and other strategic partnerships out there that you can have more profit sharing. But what's interesting is a lot of them now, I mean, every, like I'll say every student, not every, quite a few studios and streamers and companies and distribu distributors, they want to own everything because we know that's where the money is. Like anyone who's ever looked at a quarterly report will be like, well, damn, like I made a movie for five, you know, for like I'll say for $3 million and we made $9 million at the box office. We're rich. You know what I mean? And then you're like, mm, well, no. let's see, 50% of that 50 goes, to the, goes to the Exactly. And when you start looking at it, you're like, and that's one of the things we're doing at Game Changer to like educate the investor of like, no, 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 no. This is why you like half of it goes to the exhibitor, then half of it goes to the sales and distribution. Then they have to pay for the PA that you had no idea that they spent, you know, $20 million on your three. You know what I mean? You start having these things and then you realize that you'll never get out you'll from be, under. You're in a hole for for the rest of your life, right? You know, so those are the sort of deal making that you have to be very aware of and sort of savvy with, where then sometimes a few projects where you're like, you know what? I'm going to go sell it to like a Netflix because I know I'm going to get, you know, a proper rate as, you know, as a director, producer, what have you. And I know I'm going to get proper, I'm going to get my buy, my premium buyout at the beginning and I don't have to wait for 20 years and, ha you know, whatever it may be. So like sometimes that's why I think that strategic partners and also different relationships will serve different projects. But going back to for Game Changer, our real goal is that we want to make sure that people have ownership and that they're the loudest voice in the room in the creating of their projects. And that's part of that's that. How does the ownership work? Is it more on a more traditional profit participation model for the creatives? Does, does Game Changer own sort of the underlying project and then there are, you know, there's like Sometimes a, a generous pro profit participation Sometimes slice. we do. There's going to be, and that depends upon when we come in. There's some things that we've generated on our own and that we're bringing people into, um, like for, uh, like there's a book, right? So like I, I have this book, I love this book. And Game Changer will pay to option it. Exactly, okay. we'll pay to option it. And then we're going to put the team together that is beautiful and multicultural and fabulous to make sure that that happens. And we make sure that, of course, Game Changer will be um, the owner-ish, you would mm -hmm. say, like, you know, the one that would be the charge, you know, mm -hmm. because we were trying to build our library, correct? Right. Because that's how we're going to be able to build equity and value within our company is by the library. But we're also going to be bringing in and having ownership and allowing ownership with the other creatives as well. We're also, that's like one type. And then the others where we are just straight up um, investors. You know, there's some projects where we're like, you already have it, you own it, we're just going to participate. You know, we're going to own, like it's a regular investor for the life of the project, we're going to, you know, be a participating in that for like, you know, that 30% or 40% or 60% of whatever the monies that we put in. And the hope is that in success that becomes an annuity that, exactly. that fills the like coffers. For the exactly, but that's just how like, you also... Just like the way the studios do it with well, their big old saying. libraries. Exactly, yeah. that's the thing. And there's certain things, like we can't, like that's exactly it. Like we just, we have just never had an opportunity to play in that because we've always, not on the being speaking in very generalities, but like we haven't had access to the resources. And so now that, you know, the thing for me, I was like, woo, I have access to resources. Like I got a plan, right? You know what I mean? I have a plan and I have people. Now that I have access to the resources, we're going to diversify. We have the investor group. 
we have the equity in the company, we have the development fund, we can now start to deploy our finances and be able to start building. Which has got to be feel very gratifying just to you, you since I you have made cry. so many. I could literally, I know, it's, I, and it really is. I wish you, like, I, I have to tell you, it's going to sound a little, like, I've worked so hard to get here to do the work. Like, it's really, and it's like, and that's where, and I, I've worked, like, so hard just to be able to have the opportunity to play on this level. And, you know, and people like, gosh, people like, oh, I want to be work so hard to retire with millions of dollars. I'm like, no, this is all that I've ever wanted to be able to like, let's build a machine. Let's build it like we, where we can all prosper. And I finally, you know what I mean? After like 20 something years of like, whoo, and, you know, and being able to, to be able to build something with the founders and people that actually believe because I don't, you know, and this is not like getting on a cross and I'm not, and I don't believe in playing a victim because it's boring, you know, but it is a fact that, you know, there is systemic racism and misogyny that's out there. And no matter how badass I think I am, how like studios have employed me as a producer, you know, because I can go in and whip something into shape and make something on time and on price and creative instincts. But like, I've never had anybody to back me. I've never had anybody to be like, all right, we're going to back you in this vision because backing you in this vision will back others, right? You know, because that's, I'm like, that's it. And I'm like, what? Thank you. Does it feel a little different for, for somebody like yourself to look around and go, wait, where's the studio? Where's the where's the distribution and the sales, fi- like, financing? You know, it's, I, they're there. I mean, like, I'm not going to, I by no means am I a distributor. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be True. very, very clear about that. Like, that's a, like, I know how to make movies and I know how to finance and I know how to bet on a good horse. Like, that, or film. You know what I mean? Like, that, I know. We're not doing racing gambling. Sorry. You're like, <laughs> no, that's a different movie. You're like, here. no question. They're like, wait a minute what now no like I know like that's my forte like I know how to produce my ass off what I do want to do is to be able to make partnerships with the distributor where we'll be a we when I say we like the content creators us the people who have like actually put it in will be actually able to see something in a meaningful way and the only way that we're able to do that is if we come to the table with money. Right. You right. Have if we're skin like, in the game. we have skin in the game to be like, I'm not looking for you to like, this is not a charity. Right. This is not you like taking a shot on someone. You know what I mean? This is like, no. Like, we're coming in with half the budget or more than the budget, or we're coming in and we're employing you to do the job. That's what makes it different. That's when I look around. It's leverage. It's all of a sudden not feeling, and this is, you know, people like, make your own, like at the seat at the table. I don't care. I mean, it's true. Like, yeah, we're, you know, the seat at the table, we're here. We should, you know, all that good stuff. But there's still a bit of like, and I keep calling it a colonized mind of being like, it's hard to, you know, not hard. It's constant mental gymnastics (laughs) that other people don't have to do. But if you are underrepresented, we are constantly having to do the, wait a minute, we now have money. You can't treat us this way. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Of like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We actually are coming to the table with that. Like, we are, like, we legit are the table. Like, we legit maybe don't need you. And think of a thing, something in a different way. That's what's, that's what's different now. 
Whereas being by myself as an indie producer or freelance producer, like there's no such thing as like really indie anymore. Being a freelance producer, you know, it's very different than coming with support and resources and having backing. Like it's so much more powerful and being able to do good work. Was that a learning curve for you to speak the language of money and investors? Oh, I'm still doing it. Are you kidding me? The only, I'm still, remember it's like we just announced in January. And so we have investors and now like I am, I think what's working for me is that people can look in my, like looking at like, you know, look in my heart and my, my eyes and just see that like, oh my, like you can see my earnestness. You can see that I'm like. You can feel it. You can feel it. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can feel it through can, the podcast <laughs> here. <laughs> you feel that like I'm on a soapbox and like, I believe, like I believe, you know? So like, I think the investors and the money people are like, well, she like, oh, well, she definitely believes, you know, I think, think that they, but I also like, I remember having early, you know, conversations with investors and saying things of like, oh, you know, and this is and this is, might be a terrible thing to bring up, but it just goes to show where I was like, oh, you know, where we have conversations about meritocracy. And I was like, there is no meritocracy. I'm like, well, that's why, you know, one of the things about affirmative action. And then it would look like I literally said something that like was the worst thing ever because I was like, no, but I talked about my father, right? Of going in of like, because they, if we didn't, if we weren't in, like we were qualified if you guys, you know, if we had to get in some sort of way to show how qualified we were. And then, but it was interesting to the investors, they were like, what? Affirmative action is, and that's when I realized, I was like, oh, my audience is different. Speaking to someone of color who is a 60-year-old black man or a man of, or a person of color is very different than talking to a 60-year-old white man. Their experiences are completely Life experience, yeah. Are completely different. And to be able to see, you know, like, and that's where I've had to learn of like, oh, I have to sort of shift where like, you think that people like, you're just going to make it up by your bootstraps, you know what I mean? And to be like, oh, I'm black and a woman. I have to work twice as hard, twice as smart to get half of it. You know what I mean? Like that has been the MO. Um, but I also, I've had to figure out how not to, um, I want to say like, uh, I have to speak in terms of success and being proactive and not in terms of victim and sort of blaming. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause that's something that like it, um, turn, it's a turnoff, you know what I mean? Even though I have to start, I had to sort of change it to be like, this is how we can like do something about it. To your point that this is not charity. This is not something you should 100%. do. This is, this is an investment. This is business. Like, yeah. I know. Now you just took over, took the reins a couple of months ago, but has Game Changer, Game Changer has been around since 2013, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Have they delivered a return to investors? They have delivered a return to investors. And if I'm not mistaken, and don't hold me to it, we can might do a little research. It's six to 12 percent. And before that was it was a film fund. This is different. We're not a fund. We're a financing group and right. we have a development. But they did a film fund and it was for, I believe, 10 films. And they did great. I mean, like I was the only reason why I'm even here 
is because it did well. Because it did. You know what I mean? Like, Manette Louie, I have to give her a big shout out. Like, Mm -hmm. Manette Louie, like, she built the, you know, the base of which I'm able to, like, jump off. You know what I mean? So they made 10 films and Karin Kusama's The Invitation, which I loved. And they did Jennifer. Such a good director. I'm like, never heard of her. No, she's amazing. Like, I want to. I'm like, please come back. Please work with us again. This is my desperate ploy. Um, And, like, Jennifer Fox's The Tale. Like, they've done really great movies, but it was on that slate sort of financing where one or two of them could have bro- broke out which helped the whole mm-hmm. let me ask you the kind of the the existential question for oh my God, for indie filmmakers can you make money on a, a movie budgeted at three to five million is that is that possible if you in in the absence of getting completely lucky and catching lightning oh, in the bottle okay well here's the thing the answer is yes to that but it's a long game Like, remember when I was talking about, like... uh, Many, many windows and... Many, many windows, years, and you have to be smart about it. Like, if you own your three to five million dollar movie, then you know that, you know, every, like, five to seven... If you make a five-year licensing deal, usually they're 10 to 15 years. Like, you're able to keep it going, right? Right. And the the library and all of that. The long tail. The long tail. Like, that's exactly... That's the way, which is why, you know... um, you could do better with like a million or two million. Those are brutal to make, but those are easier to flip. The three to five, and the reason why the three to five, I mean, I might be getting a little too much in the weeds. No, no, please. Is just because like it's the P&A, right? Right. Like, and that's what people like to really, you know, it's one of the things we want to talk about with our investor group to be like, let me show you how a movie is really made. Like, you think you've won if you stayed on time and on budget. Like, that's just the beginning, baby. Right? right. right? That's you have to get your distributor to be like, how much is your sales going to take off of that? How much are they going to build off, you know? And, like, when they say, like, world doesn't travel, really? Like, or say, when they say that, like, your movies don't travel in the world, really? Like, sure they do. Right? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to go? Like, you have to do, it's a lot of due diligence, and then people don't realize when you do, like, the thing I'm curious about is the theatrical. And this is, I don't have the answer, where I talk to filmmakers, and, like, a film is a film. But I'm like, do you want people to see your movie, or do you want to have that sort of theatrical experience? Because maybe there's a sweet spot. Like, a lot of people taking out in festivals, are you for, like, you know, a short term, like, to qualify for right. the, you know. Right. But really, if you want it to be seen... We have to be smart about how are people viewing content. Right. And and also globally. Like, that's the other thing, too, that I'm excited about for Game Changer. It's a big world than just domestic. But, you know, I'm like, I want to go to Africa. Right? You know what I mean? I'm like, what are y'all doing in Ghana and Nigeria? Like, that's, not, like, that's where I'm talking about. And, and so I keep talking. Go ahead. In television, I will say, like, Kenya, Nigeria are some of the hottest markets for both buying content from Hollywood, but obviously creating, they have truly, like, apparently a truly robust, you know, telenovela type of production 100%. facilities, 100%. which is, which is real, you know, which, which the potential for talent development and the potential for people to, you know, come out, like, you know, if, if you want that, I that am. non-stereotype story that you haven't read 15 times before, 100%. you know, it, that's could, what we're it doing. could be coming from another continent. 100%. 100%. And that's what I'm saying. And also, that's the part of the strategic partnerships. We've already talked to a few producers and directors in South Africa. I already have a couple. We already have a couple of, like, low budget, you know, and I say low, like, that, like, three to five, which is, like, a lot there. You know what I mean? Like, those sorts of movies and content, for sure. 
Do and you, I'm super excited about that. Do you have like a target in terms of number of, of films or projects nope. you want to have? Nope. In it? It, nope. It can be totally organic in terms of what and you that's think is the right. the beauty of it. Mm. I mean, here's the thing, too. You catch me in two years, I might have a different story. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I also am going to, like, I'm not going to beat myself up of, like, we're fresh. And we're Hope Springs Eternal. I've done one movie in Ireland. We've done one movie here in New York. Um, we have more that's coming with Netflix and all of that. Like, we're doing well. But as of right now, I'm going to relish in the moment that I get to pick quality over quantity. Is this a different experience for you in terms of not being very hands-on one project at a, one or two projects at a time versus, like, I love it. juggling this? Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm old. I'm tired. No, I don't start, you know what I mean? I'm like this. I'm like, I'm tired. Like, you know, I really gave myself, like, I have 12 years. I'm like, I... I have I had no desire anymore to be on set 18 hours a day, to be first person in, last person to leave. Like it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And and remember, I'm coming from indie, so my indie and freelance producers know like we're making less than minimum wage once all the hours are said and done. Right. You know what I mean? It would be different if I were getting paid millions of dollars right. to do it. But I'm not. Like, literally, like, it's like, wow. Like, I've done movies where I've almost lost my house, but they are critically acclaimed movies. Right? Mm -hmm. You know? So, no. I'm, I'm loving the fact that I have, again, support where I can – the fact that I know how to pay my mortgage. <laughs> like, it's – I know it sounds, like, funny, but, like, for freelance producers, like, to be like, wow. Like, I can actually, like – you know what I mean? Like to put money away, I know where everything is coming and I can get to work. Like I love that. I love – like I nothing makes me happier than going to a set around lunchtime and buying a coffee cart on their frater day. Right? You know what I mean? Nothing makes me – nothing makes me happier, you know, because I we employ – because my whole thing too, it's about legacy. I need to – you know, I'm invested in growing our next producer's. I'm in, I mean, I the can't next be generation of I can't be, exactly. I'm like, I can't be out here in these streets for much longer. I gave myself a deadline. Like, I'm like, where are we? Like, and that, and that's how we, you know, that's why I call it my. It's going to sound morose, but like, I call it my deathbed. Like, I know I will have made it if I can look around my deathbed and see that I have helped level the playing field of Hollywood. If I can look around and I can see like the women, people of color, LGBTQ, and people with disabilities, the people that I've like, they're now producing. And like, you know, and making their own way and having their own companies with their own funds, like that's my high five. Like that's when I'm like, I've won. I've done it. You know what I mean? You, anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel that I'm like I'm on a soapbox and sounding like I'm at church. But anyway. <laughs> Do you find um, that kind of the role of the producer can be so hard for to kind of explain to people on the outside? Do you find that people, young people coming up, you know, there are people that are born and they know they want to be directors at six years old. They're, they People know they want to be screenwriters. Do you find people come into the system knowing they want to be in the producer function? Or is that something they come to later? I don't know. I mean, that's really interesting. I hope by the time, like I talk about the deathbed, like that people will be like, I want to be a producer. I don't think people are educated enough. And that's part of like what's really important for us is to educate people of what are all the positions on a set? And what does a producer actually do? Like if I knew... I actually wanted to be a producer when I was a kid. I didn't know what it was. All I saw was like, oh, I know that I wanted to do that. What was ever on the TV or on the movie screen, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I was like, oh, maybe I have to be an actor. And then I was like, ooh, I can't handle rejection, and I love carbs, so that'll <laughs> never happen. 
right? You know what I mean? I was like, but I got into college on that, right? You know what I mean? But I was like, oh, this is not for me. And there's directing. I'm like, ooh, not for me either. Too many people are talking to me all the time, asking me random questions. Like, that's not my spirit. But I was like, oh, but you know what I am great at? And that's why I wanted to be a part of it anyway, is putting together the, the functional, dysfunctional family. Like, that's my jam. And I'm, I'm an army brat, right? So my thing is like, what's the plan? What hell are we taking? And rallying up the troops. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't take a genius, like, rallying up the troops and like, let's take it. We can do it, you know? That's what I'm good at. And I was like, oh, that's what a producer does. Executes the vision. Like, what's the plan, man? Like, Mm -hmm. I'll come up with the plan. I'll execute your vision. This is the plan. Let's take that. Like, that's what, like, and if I would have known, like, as a kid that that's what a producer was, I'd have been like, oh, for sure. I could have bypassed, like, the, you know, the the salads and the rejection of trying to be an, you know what I mean? Where I was like, this sucks, you know, and directing of being like, "Mm." like, I don't care what color wallpaper that is on this room. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that your job? And I was like, oh no, that is my job. I'm the director. Right. I'm supposed to care about everything. You know, the last, let's call it five years, five to six years, there has been a, it feels like a more robust conversation in the entertainment industry about diversity, about inclusion, about who gets to tell the stories and what level of inclusion is important behind the scenes and in the executive suites and in the decision-making process. For somebody who has been in the trenches for years and years, ha- have has anything changed? Has, the, has there been a shift in mindset? Has there been a... I know change happens by degrees. What do you see as having changed over the... Oscars so white and all the conversations that have been had. I feel that Hollywood is but a reflection of the world that we live in. Okay? So I want you to take into consideration where we are right now, the political climate, not just in the U.S., but looking around the world, right? And what sort of movements have sort of come up and what sort of backlashes, right? I think that, you know, in terms of now moving into Hollywood and the microcosm, you know, of Hollywood, um, people are talking a really good game, you know? Like a friend of mine, and I love her, Heather Ray, she said, my grandmother used to say, beware of liberals who smile, for they have sharp teeth. (laughs) And I think that that might be a bit of where we are. Uh, When I talk to people, you know, I'm very aware of um, that people are doing a bit of lip service. I'll call it that. Mm-hmm. You guys have labs now. You have this. You have that. They're not even looking. And I'm just paraphrasing. They're not even a white guy can't even get hired because everyone's looking for a woman or a person of color. Or blah blah blah. Like it's starting. You start hearing that a little bit more. And to the point where the person, if you are a person of color or one of these underrepresented people, it's sort of the backlash of that is you should be happy. Look at all the programs and things that we have. People are talking about you guys now. Imagine being me. No one's talking about me anymore. You know what I mean? And you have this moment and you're like, "Mm, that's a hustle. In my opinion, I call that like, that's a part of that colonized mind and that's a part of a hustle where I tell people, and it's a fine line of like, we must not become complacent. And we must not, you know, offer high fives and congratulations over a lab here or a workshop there or a diversity award here. 
Because you know what? Why should I be congratulating you on something that should have been the norm to begin with? Right? right. Like that's where I go like, why should I be high-fiving you for saying that you have 50% women in your room? You're supposed to have 50%. Back to the charity. Do you know what I mean? Of like it. this like like why are you like forget like that's where I go and I go and there's but it's a thing where there's where the next thing that comes out of people's mouths who's the dominant culture, I'll just say, when are you guys going to be satisfied? Right? Like, that's the thing that you start hearing of like, when are you going to be satisfied? We're doing this, this, and this. It takes time. You guys got to wait your turn. And to be like, bullshit. Right? You know what I mean? So that, so those are the, like, when you ask, like, what are you hearing now? I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that sort of undertone and subtext of conversations where people are trying to Look at us being diverse and inclusive, and we have this, this, and this. And then you realize, do you, though? And am I supposed to just be happy and quiet that you've thrown out a few crumbs that I'm supposed to make a meal out of? I say no. You know, I don't think I, you know, I don't, I don't think that we need to, like, again, I keep repeating myself. I don't think that, you know, the underrepresented folks, that we need to be complacent and happy with the crumbs. I think we have a plan. And I think we need to get and keep on that plan, which is gathering us, you know, our financial resources and being able to back the projects that we want to see, period. And we can be partners with everybody, but we will have to come to the table with something. Nothing speaks louder in Hollywood than money. Right? And coming to the table with money is making the change. Effie Brown, I would not bet against you. Ah! (laughs) And Game Changer, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with everything. I'm going to take you up on it. We're going to check in in two years. Okay, perfect. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business.